The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Before we start the program today, I want to extend a special welcome to the members of our armed forces who are tuning in from around the world. Thank you for your service and for being with us again. I also want to thank Caraccioli Cellars for hosting a terrific reception for me at their tasting room in Carmel, California last night. We had a record turnout that spilled right out into the streets. A special thank you to those of you who came to show your support for my book and the radio program. I I really enjoyed meeting you. We have a special treat for you today. (laughs) Fresh from kicking off the Academy Awards in just a moment, William Shatner will be joining us on the program. But before he does, as is my custom each week, let me share with you a little bit about the long and challenging road Shatner traveled to become the legend that he is today. William Shatner was born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, the proud grandson of Jewish immigrants from Poland, Hungary, Austria, and the Ukraine. He is a graduate of McGill University, where he studied economics. After graduating, Shatner went to work at Mountain Playhouse in Montreal as a business manager, and shortly afterwards joined the Canadian Repertory Theatre. The young Shatner was drawn to Shakespeare and quickly earned a reputation as a talented classical thespian. His first full feature role in a film came in 1958 when he was cast with Yul Brynner in The Brothers Karamazov. And from here, Shatner went on to star on stage in film and on popular television programs from Alfred Hitchcock's Presents, Thriller, The Twilight Zone, to The Man from Uncle, Gunsmoke, and Big Valley. Then in 1966, Shatner accepted the role of Captain James Kirk on the television series Star Trek, a role which would forever cement him as the hero of science fiction lovers everywhere. But according to his autobiography, life after Star Trek was far from ideal. His performance as Captain Kirk might have been a little too convincing because it typecast Shatner. Despite being an actor with great range and experience, new roles were suddenly very hard to come by. In fact, at one point, Shatner found himself sleeping in his truck bed camper, wondering exactly where things went wrong. But this is where and when character matters most. Undefeated, Shatner took small roles and he got busy rebuilding his career and rebuild it he did. He was cast as a police officer in T.J. Hooker and also returned as Captain Kirk in seven Star Trek motion pictures. And following guest appearances in the practice, he was permanently cast as the eclectic Denny Crane on Boston Legal, which led to winning a Golden Globe and two Emmys. Now, I don't have time to talk about Shatner's charitable work, his singing career, the books he's authored, or his passion for raising American saddlebreds and quarter horses, but suffice it to say, 
William Shatner is one of the hardest working people in Hollywood. This year, Shatner turns 82, and there is no sign that he plans to slow down anytime soon. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the program today, actor and humanitarian, Mr. William Shatner. Welcome to the program, Mr. Shatner. Oh, thank you so much. If you got a few more credits in, we could say goodbye. (laughs) That's true. I'm going to eat up all my time bragging on you. But I wouldn't be the first. Uh, First of all, let me say uh, congratulations on your performance on the Academy Awards. You know... Here's, a, here's something that's bothering me. I, I don't know why anyone would accept a job as a host because you might as well paint a target on your back for the critics. I, know- I am telling you, they yeah. took on him. Seth MacFarlane was wonderful. Before the show, I told him I thought he was wonderful. I thought the show was going to be great. And after the show, I thought he perform marvelously. Look at the talent. He's a writer. He's an actor. Do you hear him sing? I mean, that floored and me. Dance. He's got a trained voice. He was singing and, while he was dancing. And dancing while he was singing. And, <laughs> and, and, and cracking jokes all at the same time. I mean, he's multi-talented. He was enormously entertaining. And then so many people, not not people that you respect and, uh, and, and uh, consider their opinion, but all kinds of weird people took off on him as though he had done badly. He did marvelously well. So much so, uh, I mean, they took after him so, so, uh, with such uh, venom that I heard him in print say, or I read him in print saying that he would never do it again, whereas I think he was the best to come along in a long time. Now, were you surprised the next day to see so many harsh comments? Uh, flabbergasted. I mean, uh, I know uh, good performances, and I and, and I, I I watched the show. I had my bit, and and by the first commercial, I had tied my tie, I slipped on my jacket, and got out and sat in the front rows with my wife and enjoyed the show like everybody else. And he had me going. I thought it was terrific. Now we have. Uh, you were talking about these fringe groups. We have female California lawmakers coming forward and calling McFarlane a misogynist and objecting oh, to his characterization gosh. of women. We have minority groups accusing him of being I racist. No, it's all in fun. Where are these people's sense of humor? It, it's all done. He's edgy, and and being edgy. Um, I mean, how many times have you cut yourself with a with a dull razor? You went over the edge. You needed a new, you need a sharper razor or one that's duller. Who knows? But if you're on the edge, you cut yourself every so often. Because where do you where are you dull and where do you offend is a very narrow uh, point. So. Yeah, you're a little bit offensive sometimes. If you're going to say boob and 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 a woman doesn't like the word, they don't want to be uh, looked at as a sex object. Uh, I, I I don't get it, but um, you know I, I'm sorry that the sensitivities of these groups were disturbed by a man trying to be funny and 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 they it was obviously done in an atmosphere of comedy and not uh, uh, malevolence. Well, here's what really confuses me. We won't tolerate poking fun at our prejudices and poor behavior, but we seem willing to accommodate hate speech, and I find that really confusing. Hate hate speech, you said, yeah? Yeah, hate speech. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and that's something we're going to talk about in the next segment a little bit, but we, we seem to tolerate people to put all kinds of hate speech all over the Internet. 
on social media. They can say anything that they want under the cover of anonymity. Well, but then you try to put on a show that has a sense of humor, and everybody comes down on you. Well, the key word there was anonymity. Um, m- most people, uh, it's been my experience, that most people are decent, hardworking, well you know, speak as well as they can and try to communicate as best they can and give what they can. Most people are good. And there are a few individuals who mask uh, the, the, their goodness uh, uh, and, and, and try to do something evil or naughty under the guise of anonymity. You won't know me, so I can say a bad word that I can't say uh, is, uh, because of social uh, pressures. So they get off on doing it. I, I, it's too bad. Uh, it, it is, makes but here's the what's social interesting. media uncomfortable for, for people who have already vented. That's right. But here's what's interesting. We have all these groups coming forward that want to censor human, humor, but not hateful attacks on the Internet. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I don't know whether they want to censor as against saying uh, we don't like him because he said something uh, about a religious group or uh, about a, a female anatomy, which is which he was poking fun at it was it was it, he's he's terrific and his humor is known as being that kind of edginess and and that's why the the uh, oscar people uh, got him as a as a uh, as a head guy as a host but i got to imagine working as hard as he did and and uh, not only physically on stage but rehearsal the rehearsals went on for a long time and he must have been preparing for months in the writers guys and and uh, he's saying he's not coming back cuz his feelings have been hurt i hope he gets over that and oh well and i would i would imagine he will get over it now we have to take a short commercial break and when we come back we're going to find out whether some social media sites are in danger of becoming platforms for haters stay tuned you're listening to the costa report This Legal Minute is brought to you by Nolan, Hammerley, Etienne, and Haas. Experienced attorneys providing professional legal services to the Central Coast for 85 years. Hello, this is attorney Stephen Wagner with your Legal Minute. Have you ever said to yourself, there ought to be a law for that? Well, often there is. In today's segment, I will address the issue of distracted driving, and here's my opening salvo. Smartphones make dumb drivers. Of course, I'm talking about all those other drivers. The laws vary from state to state, but there is one common thread. These laws were legislatively put on the books because of the outcry of concern over drivers who are texting, talking, emailing, and tweeting. Distracted driving is nothing new. We used to look at the cows and pastures. Now we take photos with our smartphones. In California, there are over 20 million licensed drivers. 20 million. Here's a scary thought. Just think about how many of those 20 million own and use cell or smartphones. I can't possibly cover all the laws in all the states, but I can say that the trend is to prohibit or sharply curtail some uses of smartphones while driving. 
Whether this leads to a new species of liability remains to be seen, but one thing is clear. With each new feature and amazing breakthrough in technology comes a new and tempting distraction. As new laws go into effect, it will be interesting to see how this impacts the law of negligence. I predict that these new laws will expand the application of important negligence concepts such as duty, breach, and causation, thereby creating more liability theories. While we marvel at the great advances in technology and the cool things that our smartphones can do, they just keep on getting smarter. But do we? This is Stephen Wagner, and that's your Legal Minute. Brought to you by Nolan, Hammerley, Etienne, and Haas. Selected in 2013 as one of the top law firms in the United States by Martindale Hubble. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And in these times of stressed economy, in these times of stressed health care, I want to talk to you about a business opportunity. Longevity is expanding very rapidly. We're now publicly traded. We're acquiring new companies almost every year. And it's very exciting. In the last 10 years, we've acquired 22 companies and we're now publicly traded. And when you get into the Longevity system and you become a student of our business, when you raise yourself through the ranks, we give you stock options. We give you car bonuses. That's right. You get stock options and car bonuses. How good is that? We reward you with cruises. We reward you with all kinds of stuff. And in addition, we will pay you an obscene amount of money. That's right. You can make an obscene amount of money when you work with the Longevity system. So I urge you to contact your Longevity associate and say, okay, tell me about this business thing that Dr. Wallach was talking about. And you'll be glad you did. Doc is right on. Nothing beats earning your income from your own business. With Longevity, it's easy. Go to kscoteam.com, join for a low one-time fee of $10, and let us show you the way. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Tune in to the Sentinel Radio Program Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on AM 1080 KSCO. Brought to you by First Church of Christ Scientist Monterey. Come into our Christian Science Community Reading Room and Bookstore and find comfort from the challenges you're facing. We have the resources that will connect you with your God-given substance. Find help now. Our address is 780 Abrego Street in Monterey. Reach out for this help today. Come in and visit or call 831-372-5076. 372 Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is William Shatner. And before the break, we were talking about the backlash Seth MacFarlane received following the Academy Awards for his uh, version of edgy humor. So let's talk about the stir you've caused on social media, because you seem to have hit a real nerve. Maybe you could explain to our audiences what happened after you spent some time on this Reddit site. Well, it sort of came about by, I don't know, osmosis, accident. Uh, the, this anonymity thing is, uh, is a real blanket for people who want to get off doing things they wouldn't do ordinarily. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate uh, to lose your manners. And, and I think of it as, uh, as losing the subtlety of speaking the English language. If you're using curse words and, and epithets and as a means of expressing your opinion, you're losing 
ways of expressing yourself, even as uh, passionately as uh, a swear word can be, uh, you're losing the subtlety of the English language. Why not use words that were invented to say the very uh, thing in a more subtle way than you do by using four-letter or or six-letter or uh, ten-letter curse words? Um, that's that's really what uh, my the thrust of what my ideas are. Use the English language. Express it. by all means. Tell me or tell someone what you feel about uh, some subject that uh, offends you or repels you or, or ignites your passion. But do it in a in a intelligent way. It doesn't have to be learn learned. It can be simple, but use words that we can understand and and uh, give us hints of subtlety of your feeling. Uh, you, uh, everybody hates fire, but why? And what does fire mean to you? And and why uh, why are you afraid? Why are you running for your your recent uh, uh, public service announcement? If you see somebody lighting a fire, do something about it. What does that mean? Run away or run towards? I mean, there are ways of expressing yourself that are so much uh, more meaningful, and then you get a better response. So it's like picking up the garbage from the street. If one person does it, and you begin to clean the streets up, people are reluctant to drop garbage because it's already clean. Well, now you tweeted that you were, quote, horrified by the racist uh, and cruel gender, sexuality, and religious comments mm-hmm. that had been made there. And as I understand it, you have close to 2 million Twitter followers who chimed in right after that tweet. I mean, I mean, they they also found some of the uh, um, uh, comments made towards and aimed at specific groups to be very offensive. And I think that your comment to Reddit is, if you want to attract the mainstream to your site, uh, you wouldn't allow these groups to overpopulate and take control of the site. Well, uh, I don't know about c- control i that's a you know that's a subject that needs debating mm-hmm. about how how much control i think if you start with self control and and just the, the argument that uh, uh, to curse and hate and uh, without saying why and uh, have a have a have a, a spirited debate have a, an enormous have a gargantuan debate uh, uh, or, or expression of opinion uh, all the more power to the argument but to simply make stupid uh, statements that have no explanation it lacks our lacks argument there's no answer there's no debate on uh, on that that's right but reddit is a bulletin board anybody can post anything that they want up there and uh, and so you know how would they i mean what would they do about that you know i have a co-host here by the name of charlie friedman and he he likened it to a person who has a fence and puts a notice up post no bills and you know he's well, not censoring. Post, no, no, that, that would he, mean I couldn't. I couldn't go there. <laughs> no, but but he, you know he. No, the I point that he was I, making I, is if somebody puts a poster up there, I, I then no, the guy would take it down, right? Because he yeah. doesn't want he doesn't want his fence junked up. And he right. said, "Look, why can't Reddit basically put out some guidelines and say, look, we we want to encourage uh, opinions well, and debates? That? Well, how that's my that's my question. Do yeah, we well, have I, I how do know. you why how do you monitor the wild west? 
Uh, exactly. So what did they do in the Wild West? Uh, they they took the guns away gradually, I think. What did they do? They got marshals out there who said, uh, you can't shoot them up, uh, but you can carry your guns. It is a Wild West thing, and and suddenly people who never had the freedom before to say these things and uh, and express these ideas are suddenly anonymously expressing them to see how they 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 look out there. And the thing you know, I worry about is that there's almost a you know as more and more people go to these hate sites, there's almost like peer group acceptance, but you don't know who the peer group is. Well. Uh, you know, there are many examples of people who went to hate groups and began to see the stupidity of hating a group because they're a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you ultimately see is that every individual human being is unique and uh, and that they should be appreciated for that uniqueness. Some are good, some are bad, and you've got to make... Uh, your own discretion about what is good and what is bad, and but hating a group is is not intelligent because that group is composed of all individuals. That's a truism. How you monitor that uh, in a, a public forum, I don't know. Without having censorship, and I and I don't think that's a good idea. I'd like to think that eventually, uh, given the freedom, that people will see that there's that to make this simple statement, I hate all whatever it is, uh, becomes uh, 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 boring. And you've got to start saying, this is why I hate them. And then somebody says, well, that doesn't ring true. And then you have, you have an argument going about why you're hating. And that's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did you ever expect your tweet to ignite this big controversy? And more importantly, has Reddit responded by closing down some areas? Or, you know, you no, just mentioned no. a marshal. I actually think that's a brilliant idea, Mr. Shatner. I mean, maybe there need to be some social media marshals that sort of go around uh, and say, hey, you could make uh, your point in a different way. Right. Uh, from what I remember of, uh, of Westerns when they used to make them, the marshals got really uh, egotistical and said, get out of my town. <laughs> <laughs> this is my town, and you're not... Uh, I think, well, hey, Marshall, wait a minute, maybe it isn't completely your town. It, it, it's tough, you know, uh, who, who uh, police the police. So uh, that's a tough one. I, I, I have no answer. Uh, but there are intelligent people out there who might have an opinion and express it and come to some understanding. And And my feeling is, the debating, the very act of debating it, the very act of of discussion in in and the trading of opinions, yes. you begin to form formulate your own opinion more concisely, and you begin to see the reasonableness of having an intelligent uh, discussion. Yes, you you are an advocate of discourse. Now we have to take another break, and when we come back, we'll find out why at age eighty two, Shatner feels social media is a medium well worth our time. You're you're listening to the Costa Report.
I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars. Now, everyone knows that my favorite is your Pinot Noir, but Caraccioli's known for a lot more than that. It's really the bubbles that kind of differentiates what we're doing in the area as opposed to a lot of our peers. And the way that we looked at it was there's great Chardonnay and Pinot Noir fruit in the Santa Lucia Highlands in the greater Monterey County. And we wanted to be able to utilize those grapes and showcase them in a little bit different light. And to do that comes a little bit of a laborious process in terms of making sparkling wine and doing it. A little it. bit? A lot of it, <laughs> but still definitely worth the trouble and worth the wait. Um, we're currently selling 2006 and 2007 sparkling wines in the beginning of 2013. So it kind of tells you the time invested as well as all of the different techniques that we use and Michelle implements to ensure that we're delivering a quality product. Thank you for being with us again, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. You'd be surprised how many people drive the hill to shop at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. I'm Bobby Robinson. North Bay Ford is a locally owned dealership with low overhead, friendly, small town values, and great deals on new cars, trucks, and RVs. Get this, Bobby's Deal of the Week at North Bay Ford. You can stop worrying about gas prices because with the all-new 2013 Ford C-Max Hybrid, you'll get 47 miles per gallon city highway. Yes, 47 miles per gallon. All three models of the C-Max come with four two-liter hybrid electric powertrain, electronically controlled continuous variable transmission, and electric power-assisted steering. You'll get 47 miles per gallon. And turn Prius drivers green with envy. You drive up in a new Ford C-Max hybrid. When you need a quality economy car, a new family car, or a fleet of powerful new Ford trucks, look first to your friends and neighbors at locally owned North Bay Ford, 1999 SoCal Avenue, or on the web at NorthBayFord.com. Hi everyone, it's MZ, proud to finally be on track to optimal health. You see, I recently spent a week hosting Doc Wallach at my home for the big Super Health Sunday that we put on. This event was an enormous success. This man of 73 looks and acts at least 20 years younger, and it's all because he practices what he preaches. Nothing stops Doc from taking his supplements multiple times a day. Well, it finally rubbed off on me. I'm taking the Healthy Start Pack from Longevity twice a day now. I'm feeling much much better and I've already lost eight pounds in less than two weeks. My cravings for junk food are gone and I'm actually starting to look a lot better too. I know that's not saying much. We set up a new website, kscohealth.com and I invite you to visit it and become a customer for the Healthy Start Pack and other wonderful Longevity health products that really work. Support and promote your own good health while you support our KSCO independent operation. Go to kscohealth.com That's kscohealth.com and start up. Have a tea. We're going to do 25 now. 50 now. 75. We're going to go 300. 325. 353. 75. We're going to go 400. 425. 450. Imagine finding an old painting or chair or fishing lure while rummaging through the attic. Is it junk or is it hidden treasure? Hello, I'm Rob Slowinski of Slowinski Auctions and Appraisers in Scotts Valley. Before you throw that item out, you better make certain it's not hidden treasure. And the way to do that is to join me at 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon here at KSCO for Hidden Treasures Radio Show. Put that item on the table in front of you and call the show. We'll figure out what that item is, where it came from, what it's worth, give or take. So don't throw that item out. Instead, join me, Rob Slowinski of Slowinski Auction Company, Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. for Hidden Treasures Radio Show. Is it junk? Or is it hidden treasure?
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest is actor and humanitarian William Shatner. And before the break, uh, you were talking about the fact that we learn a great deal in the act of intelligent discourse, whereas name-calling and the use of profanity achieves very little because there's no exchange of any real information. Um, Now, you're very active on social media, and you say that you enjoy the fact that messages are restricted to 140 characters on Twitter, And you seem to like the discipline of having to be very succinct. So here's my question. There are a lot of issues and problems which are so complex that they don't really lend themselves very well to these sound bites. And with the media increasingly giving experts all of three minutes to (laughs) explain our global problems like they gave the candidates during the presidential debate, are we in danger of getting so succinct that we're just dumbing ourselves down? What do you think? Am I wrong? Throwing out the uh, message with with the, the succinct. There's a, no, there's a joke there somewhere. The, <laughs> there is. Sing the sink out. Anyway, <clears throat> I think that the uh, that the the 140 character thing is a way of attracting attention. It's a headline. Uh, it's a variety uh, newspaper headline and attracts attention, and then. Uh, uh, go reference that somewhere else, uh, either on the website, for example, on my website, uh, WilliamChannon.com, to get into into the subject. I I am fascinated by this new thing. Uh, As you know, uh, as you may know, uh, uh, I've been with a dot-com company, Priceline.com, for many years. Mm-hmm. I started off with them. Uh, I had stock in Priceline.com right from the very beginning, and it went way, way up. And, and the guy who, um, who started Priceline was, uh, at some point when it was at its height in the, uh, in the dot-com uh, bubble, said, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a university. And I said, you mean uh, endow? He said, no, I'm going to create a university. At that point, he was about, a, he had $48 billion. He was worth more in Priceline stock than General Motors at that moment in time. Wow. And they had given me a car. I, eight, ten months later, the bubble burst and all the stock was was worth pennies, which everybody sold at that point because everybody assumed that 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 dot that Priceline dot com would go the way of most of the dot com companies. So everybody sold their stock, and 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 some weeks after that, the guy who was going to create a university called me and asked if he could have his car back. That's how bad it it, it was. And then from then from that time, just to. Well, wait a minute. Did you give the car back? You didn't give the car back, did you? Well, I, I, I had to argue with him <laughs> and give him some of my penny stocks. <laughs> and, in any case, uh, we sold everybody sold their stock yeah. uh, and couldn't before because there's a thing called being tied up. Uh, the, 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 the people in on the original company can't sell a stock for a period of time just to avoid... Uh, the, the very practice of trading. A, a stock up, selling and getting yeah. out while other people suffer the loss. Sure. So, I everybody everybody sold the stock, me included, and then from that point on, the stock went up, and uh, the original people didn't have any stock, or at least I didn't. 
So it was a, a, an extraordinary happening. But so so all- let me get this right. Yeah. You had the stock, and while it was riding high, you didn't sell it. But when it went down, we were tied. We, you were, was you tied were tied up. up. But when, yeah. once it collapsed, you weren't tied up anymore, and you could that's sell. That's correct, it. and that's why it, one of the reasons it collapsed because everybody knew that within the uh, usually it's eighteen months, and the eighteen months was approaching, and everybody right. with these billions of stock shares they were, were dumping. They were dumping they were at dump the same it, time. Exactly, yeah. and so with that expectation. And the collapse of the bubble, it became worth less than when it was issued. And nobody expected Priceline.com to do what it's done. No, everybody thought that, like most of those dot-com companies, who weren't worth anything. But what everybody forgot that intrinsically, Priceline.com was offering a service that got better and better, and at this date is uh, an extraordinarily good uh, service that you'll save money on if you use it. I mean, it's a it's a very useful service. It's like a, a gasoline station down the road from where I am who offers gasoline about 30, 40 cents below what the standard uh, uh, price uh, uh, gasoline stations are offering. Why everybody is flocking to that station, I don't know. But it's you, you, you can save ten dollars on a on a, a fill up. It's it's a it's a real bargain. Priceline dot com. That's right. So but that's everybody lost sight of the fact that that there was value in the service. Right. Well, everybody thought well, it it will follow the natural course of everything else. Mm-hmm. So that was. But but my point being. That, that it was using, in essence, the social media. It was using uh, 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 electronic means of, of, of getting to it. I didn't understand that. When they first hired me, I said, uh, Priceline.com. And they said, oh, no, no, it's Priceline.com. I said, you mean the .com is part of the title? And it was. <laughs> it's pri- that, that was the way I had to pronounce it, Priceline.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not Priceline. <laughs> is that wild? So right, but you know, look, we're all adapting to a new digital age, exactly. right? Exactly, and we're all you, having to learn to new adapt. terminology and new acronyms. Boy, I get I get texts with acronyms, and I, I got to tell you, ninety percent of the time, I go, "What does that well, mean?" F Y U, or it's F Y I. F Y U, something else. Uh, uh, but are I, we dumbing I, down? Do you, is there any danger we're dumbing down by by trying to get too succinct? Uh, probably, but if it's a truth, like we're saying uh, on uh, 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 putting a message up on a on a billboard, yeah. uh, if it's a truth, it can be said in a few words, and it becomes a a cliche and a truism because it is actually true. If you can boil down your message to 140 characters, you're saying you're saying something real, but. Uh, 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 apropos of your question, uh, I have now launched everything into uh, 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 my website, WilliamShatner.com. I'm doing uh, uh, webcast, web webcast, web pods. I'm doing uh, uh, brown bag wine tasting. 
And I've got a website, brownbagwinetasting.com, in which I'm shooting interviews with people using a glass of wine in a brown, using a brown bag of wine. I don't know what it is. The, the, the person on the street doesn't know what it is. And I'm asking them to have a conversation with me and in, in, in the, uh, conversation to analyze the wine and give it a number and, and through the wine have a, a an opening for, for a, a conversation of sorts. So, with podcasting and 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 uh, and selling things, uh, for example, I've taken my uh, cap, which says Oscars. They gave me a baseball cap and a jersey, mm-hmm. uh, which says Oscars on it. I signed it, and and I put on a a charity horse show every year. Yes, uh, at the last week uh, of April, and this year it's April twenty seventh. Thepriceline dot com. Hollywood uh, Horse Show, uh, Hollywood Charity Horse Show, uh, sponsored by Wells Fargo. Important because I mentioned the name of the sponsors who give us money to give to kids, and every penny we get goes to the kids. So I've taken my Oscars prized thing. Only a very few people have a cap and a and a jersey with Oscars on it. I've signed it, and I'm putting it up on uh, for sale. Uh, uh, as a uh, as a uh, blind uh, item on uh, on our uh, auction, uh, uh, and that uh, money is going to go to the chair, and that money is going to go to and and, and the or, fantastic thing is, and, is that you can, yeah you veterans, can publicize that and or veterans coming back from the wars whose ills emotionally and physically are not dissimilar to the children we're helping and we're helping a lot of children through therapeutic uh, writing which has a magic to it that is fairly unknown and we're helping the uh, the veterans in that same way. The, Absolutely. The veterans, Mr. Shatner, we have to take a hard break right now, I, but when I we come it. back, I, 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 I want you to talk about that charity because I, I, I dedicated will. the last segment to your charities, which oh, I know are very important. Base. I would be delighted to talk about it. If you listen to talk shows in the news today, you might come away with the impression that the root of all our problems are politics or economics. The right blames the left, the left blames the right, and everyone blames the Chinese. But take a hard look at where the blame game has gotten us. That's why I'm asking you to pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It's available in paperback and as an ebook too. And if you don't have time to read, there's an audio version so you can listen in your car or even on the beach. The book explains why complexity produces gridlock and what we have to do to start moving forward again. So pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle at a bookstore near you or online retailer. Do it today. Just about everyone knows that fruits and vegetables are good for our health, but not everyone knows how to build a healthier plate. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. For each meal, nutrition experts recommend filling half of your plate with fruits and veggies. Whether it's fresh berries with your breakfast cereal, a wrap filled with your favorite roasted vegetables for lunch, or a medley of crunchy veggies for a pre-dinner nibble, Dole provides the freshest and highest quality produce available. When you load up on all the nutritional good stuff, you give your meal an instant boost of color, flavor, and texture, plus vitamins and minerals and fiber. 
everything your body needs to succeed. For nutritional inspiration and to learn more about Dole's fresh, whole, and cut vegetables and a full line of berries, visit Dole.com. With Dole as your partner in health, the possibilities are endless. Visit Dole.com. Coast Paper and Supply has been family-owned and operated since 1948. They have a wide array of products available, including brand-name and eco-friendly cleaning supplies, paper goods, and compostable plates, cups, and cutlery. Whether your needs are for business or home, Coast Paper and Supply's friendly and reliable staff have what you're looking for. They even accommodate special orders. You can find them at 151 Josephine on River Street in Santa Cruz, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30, or call at 831-423-3350. Coast Paper and Supply is a proud member of Think Local First. It's, it's the, the Way, way of, of Love, love live. live. The variety show committed to bringing you positive stories and life-affirming messages. Combined with enough inspirational music and satirical comedy to make it worth everyone's while. Together we focus on the most important issues of the day by exploring informed and enlightened approaches wherever we can find them. Using serialized fiction, we bring to life great stories from the past and sci-fi possibilities of the future. Join us every Saturday, 5 to 7 p.m. for It's, it's the Way of this is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and our guest today is Mr. William Shatner. And before the break, you were talking about the Oscar cap and shirt that you have signed and put up for sale on your website for children's and veterans charities. So please tell us a little more about those charities, because I think you were saying some of our returning veterans suffer from similar exactly. ailments that children well, are st struggling with. Uh, that, uh, there will be uh, an silent auction there will be a, 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 a group of silent auction items mm -hmm. put up on my website uh, that will be uh, part of the money we'll raise for the Hollywood Charity Horse Show. There will also be some live auction items, and then we have a party in which uh, Vince Gill is coming to sing for us and uh, a wonderful restaurant chain, um, Stonefire Grill, will be feeding us. So that there is a, I've, I've, I've gathered around me a large a group of people and companies who every year help me put on uh, one of the bigger horse shows in the country. Mm -hmm. And on that Saturday night at the end of April, we put on a party and raise money for children in need, physical, emotional, social needs. We have found and uh, mostly due to my wife, Elizabeth, uh, that the returning veterans who have the same 
emotional problems, same physical problems that that, that the kids have, also uh, uh, are helped by the therapeutic programs we have in line. So we've included uh, veterans returning, and in many cases helping their families as well. So that's the nature of the Hollywood Charity Horror Show and the All Glory Project. Uh, all of the information you need is on my website, windershandler.com. Now, to bring this full circle, I will say that this is an excellent example of using social media That's my in point. a proper way to raise funds who need us to uh, do so and to provide services to them. Exactly. And, and what's and, wonderful and, and, about and, the way you use Twitter is a lot of times you use Twitter as a lure to get people to your website or to as a directional to get them to a site where they can get services or help or additional you information. You got it exactly. If there's a, a debate that uh, I want to put on, uh, what's better, uh, uh, Star Trek or Star Wars, for the fun of it and get people involved and get them into the website and then they see on on the website these other things that are taking place there's a whole uh, world uh, that I'm trying to form to bring people into it and have discussions and have uh, debates and 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 then do good work all at the same time you know if you get a dollar from a million people that's better really than getting a million dollars from a corporation because, yes, because you, you have a million participants people. exactly and all and in my charity there's no money taken off for for uh, 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 doing it a hundred percent every penny goes to uh, goes to charitable means nobody gets paid uh, whatever expenses we have are already uh, paid for uh, by an individual and uh, and so any money you send us, it goes to the kids or, to the, in this case, to the victims. Well, I know that our listeners today are logging on to your website right now as they, as they hear that 100% of those donations are going to those who really need the help right now. Now, speaking of needing the help, this economy uh, has really beaten down a number of families who are just trying to hang on, trying to survive. And, uh, you know, this has as much to do with gun violence and every other thing that's going on today. Um, so before we run out of time, I want to acknowledge the fact that you weren't always this successful. You weren't always in a position to help other charities. You had your dark days yourself. And maybe for listeners who are struggling today, you could tell them your story and offer them some, some advice and some hope. I'm um, I'm going to give a speech in April in Boston, uh, apropos of that very subject. Uh, and uh, so, as I'm writing the speech and casting about for for themes and and uh, and what the the final message would be, mm-hmm. I, I what I've concluded is that man, mankind, womankind, humankind is uh, is graced by uh, the ability to, to adapt. Adaptability is, is our nature. And if we get too rigid in our thinking and in our ways, we lose that adaptability. And I'm suggesting that if you're in a, a dark way, uh, financially, emotionally, the adapt, change, do something different. Uh, don't do the same things you're doing. Challenge yourself. The, the life is cyclical. When you're way up there and you're in the light, eventually 
the wheel turns and down you come, only to rise again. There is a movement in life, and it's up and down. And, and if you're down now, have the faith in yourself and adapt and do something different. Hire yourself. Get into a, a, do some charitable work and get out of yourself so that you'll see that by helping somebody else, you, li- you literally help yourself and ideas begin to flow of trying to do something different than what you were than 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 what you were doing that has now resulted in you being down. Is that what you did? I mean, what was it that allowed you to tap into your resiliency, uh, you know, your I ability had, I, to adapt? I had I I had like everybody else uh, bills to pay. I had three children, and uh, I was responsible uh, uh, for three kids in a marriage and. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people hanging on, and I I had to work, and I had to adapt, and I had to do other things. Uh, at this very moment, I'm branching out into, uh, as I say, these webisodes. I'm writing an album with uh, uh, with Billy Sherwood of Yes. Uh, we're calling it Redshift at the moment. I'm striking out in new directions, trying to find the the other way, or the, uh, in addition to the way I'm going, other ways of going. You don't have to be uh, singular. You can uh, multiply and do uh, do multiple things. Well, in many ways, Mr. Shatner, you kind of take a venture capital approach. You say, you know what, I'm going to try a lot of things, and some are going to stick, and some aren't going to, and those that don't stick, I'm going to forgive myself immediately and keep on going. Well, let me let me also then express the other truism, the other cliche, it's just, it, it, and it is a cliche, cliche because it's true. You learn in school one plus one equals two, but you make mistakes. A kid says one plus one is three. No, it's two. Oh, I've made a mistake, but I've learned by my mistake. Mm-hmm. You can't learn to do something without making a mistake, which may mean failure. You have to fail to learn. You have to fail to learn. You don't know what you're going to do when you're, uh, and how to do it exactly when you start something. You're going to fail. Accept the failure, learn from the failure, and keep going. It's, you know, part of everybody's message. But the truth is, it really, in the nitty-gritty of life, it really is true. You're stumbling, and then you learn to walk, and then you learn to run. That is so well said. And on that note, uh, I just want to make sure our listeners do have your website and can get in touch with you and see what your next projects are and bid on those caps and shirts for your chair. There will be many other things there, too. WilliamShatner.com, uh, Horshow.org. It's, uh, it's all aimed towards helping people, and uh, I'm uh, urging your listening audience to join me. And uh, and let's uh, help some people together. Well, that's our program. But before we let you go, let me thank you, Mr. Shatner, for being a living example of why character truly matters. Please come back again soon. Thank you for the pleasure of talking to you. If your station is leaving us after the first hour, my guest next week is going to help us unravel the nuclear threat in the Middle East. Terrorism expert and authority on international crime, Mr. Brian Michael Jenkins, will be with us to confirm 
or deny predictions that the United States will strike Iran's nuclear enrichment facilities within the next 100 to 200 days. That's right. I just said 100 to 200 days. This ought to be on everyone's mind. Don't miss Brian Michael Jenkins next week right here on your favorite weekly news program. Now stay tuned for the second hour of the Costa Report when we take your calls and find out what's on your mind this week. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Sellers. Hi, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing well, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So I've got a question for you. What's the first impression a person has when they walk into the Caraccioli tasting room? You know, it's initially always the decor, and then it's one of those things where you sit down and you realize the wine's good, too. So it becomes a complete experience. You get to experience not only the uh, great surroundings and the warm environment, but also some great wines for your palate. It's one of my favorite places to go in downtown Carmel. And I hope everyone listening to us today will take a moment to stop in because I think that they would really enjoy the experience that you've created. Well, thank you. And please do. We'd love to have you. We're open seven days a week. It's right on Dolores between Ocean and 7th and Carmel. Thank you for being with us again, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Ben Loman Market, quality and service that doesn't always cost you more. Hi, I'm Andy, the produce manager at Ben Loman Market. This week we are featuring tender green asparagus for $1.99 a pound and red leaf and green leaf lettuce, 99 cents each. We also have fresh bunch spinach, 88 cents each. From Chile, we have red or green seedless grapes, $2.99 a pound. They are sweet, crunchy, and juicy. Don't forget to pick up some large navel oranges, 89 cents a pound. They are eating great. In organics, we are featuring broccoli, 169 a pound, romaine lettuce, $1.19 each, and yellow onions, $1.19 a pound. We also have organic blueberries for $2.99 each. We have so many other specials, so come check out our great selection of fresh produce at Ben Loman Market. A proud member of Think Local First, Santa Cruz County. Red Hot News Talk, AM 1080, KSCO, Santa Cruz. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 